Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio. And you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Who is Grace Amazing? She is a powerhouse serial entrepreneur, mogul in the making, businesswoman, philanthropist, socialite, humanitarian, fashion connoisseur, marketing specialist, small business guru extraordinaire, go-getter, overachiever, trendsetter, originator. You name it. She's done it and done it well. Yes, Grace the Mason is a firm believer in the saying, you are not meant for crawling, so don't. You have wings. Learn to use them to fly. And her walk and her talk tells the same story. Given her circumstances, the achievements of Grace Amazing is a story we can all admire. Grace was forced to grow up too fast. Before she knew it, she was living independently and was taking care of herself and living the life of an adult, barely in her teens. Her life was no walk in the park. Being both female and a minority, there were many challenges and obstacles on her path. 
Yet, she never lost hope and worked as hard as she could to pursue her dreams and beyond. A native of the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, her environment exposed her to eroding duplexes, gangs, violence, and drugs. To say the least, Grace did not have the best upbringing. To the contrary, she has spent much of her youth in group homes. While growing up, she saw many of her friends get in trouble, go to jail, and make life-altering mistakes. She was a dropout as a consequence of her surroundings. She has no one to thank for her positive attitude towards life and work but God. Growing up, she never really had any proper guidance or exposure to positive role models or mentors for support. Grace is a living example of what you would call a self-made or rather a self-driven person. Since she never lived in a stable home with family, a normal teenage life experience was far from her reality. Eventually, she ended up on the streets, hence the series Tales of a Street Goddess. And although her story is a difficult one, she takes pride in the fact that it helped her to become the strong, ambitious woman that she is today. On her journey to success, Grace managed to maintain her integrity and respect. Grace Amazing is dedicated to the teachings of her faith, and so these teachings and values that she has helped her to prevent herself from straying from her path. Among her many talents, Grace has a passion for fashion and music. She says it's what kept her feeling alive. Additionally, on the side, Grace Amazing is a very compassionate philanthropist and made it her goal to help those less fortunate and help others to pursue a better life and one that is worth living. The beauty of being Grace lies in being a hardworking, strong, independent woman who has learned from her experience and aims to learn more than what experience alone can teach. For Grace, the sky's the limit, and she's not afraid to climb the stairs even with so many obstacles in her path. Grace is the founder of Arzo Enterprises, boutique small business branding consulting, graphics, and web design marketing firm. Necessary Presence, multimedia agency for artists, DJs, models, and promoters, providing advertising, booking, social media marketing, concerts, events, and promotional services. Grace Period, a 501c3 nonprofit organization for underprivileged youth based in Washington, D.C. and Kingston, Jamaica. Sharp Arzo, fashion truck and online clothing and accessory boutique. She currently has her own documentary called Tales of a Street Goddess, which is a reality series of her on her everyday grind and hustle. She plays Alana on the DC web series Transitions. She recently announced the Street Goddess Project and hopes to visit schools, group homes, and shelters in the DMV and Jamaica to uplift and inspire young women who are troubled and need guidance. She also teaches a Business 101 workshop once a month for entrepreneurs and business owners. Be sure to Google Grace Amazing on A Measure of Truth to hear Michael Fordham's interview with Grace Amazing on blogtalkradio.com. Grace Amazing, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Hello, Grace, you there? Yes, I'm here. All right, Grace, well, welcome to A Measure of Truth. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for reaching out. Um, we connected on, you know, LinkedIn, and, man, after doing my research and checking out 
everything that you're doing, which is just, you know what? And I thought about this before. I'm going to say amazing a lot, but I always say that. But this is so fitting for you because you do so much and you do it so well. It's crazy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so where do you get the energy? And um, you know, you you're out there in so many different ways, and you have a brand that works so well with all the other different things that you're doing. How how did you okay. develop so many concepts, and how did you sort of make them work together the way you do? Well, first of all, I um, for me, it was starting the first brand, the first business, which was um, the boutique Shop Arzo. And before it was Shop Arzo, it was Foreign Exchange. So when I started with the first brand in, the, in this clothing store, it just kind of happened naturally because I was always around different environments and different kind of people, like in the music industry and the entertainment industry. And um, that's how the next project came to be because I would, you know, style artists and, <clears throat> excuse me, models and stuff like that mm-hmm. for um, their video shoots and whatnot. And then they would come to me and say, hey, you know, do, do you do this or can you help me with that? Or, you know, I need some help with, with some promo or, you know, can you be my manager? So, you know, I was like, okay, my fashion, I love it. I have a passion for it, but this is not just it. I want I want to do more. So it's just like this drive that I have that I just, it's, I'm, I'm very thankful for everything that I have and God has blessed me with. But at the same time, you know, the sky is the limit and I'm not going to just stop and say, okay, content with just having this and I don't want anything else. You know, I'm content as a person for what I have as far as, you know, what God's blessed me with. But I feel like if God willing and he's allowing me to open up other, you know, venture, do other ventures, then why not? So everything kind of just went hand in hand. You know, so I started Necessary Presence, my media company, working with artists. And then um, as that took me to different places and showed me different things. And I met so many different people. I went to different countries and, you know, wow. the places I went, like like Jamaica. I was able to mm-hmm. see a lot of the kids and see them and, and speak to them. And I was like, wow, you know, and naturally – um, I have a humanitarian side to me since I was young because growing up, you know, I didn't have that kind of guidance and, and, and whatnot as well, as well. So I was like, you know what, since I was younger, I was like, I always wanted to start a nonprofit. So through my travels, I was like, you know what, now is the time. So that's how mm-hmm. I started Grace Period. So the Grace Period kind of piggybacked, you know, from my experiences in the places that the music was taking me. I see. Wow. And, then with, and then with that, and then with that, it's like people will come to me, oh, my God, you're doing this, you're doing that. How are you doing this? I want to learn that. Grace, can you show me how to do this? I want to start a business. How, how are you able to handle this? How, how do you market this for a business? How can I get more customers? How can I do this? How can I do that? And that's how our zone enterprises came to be because I, I found myself always teaching and, you know, schooling other people and consulting them and telling them how to make their business better, how to take their T-shirt you know, business from their basement and put it in a storefront or how to get it out there to the world. You know, as simple as give it to a, you know, contact the artist or a celebrity, ask them to wear your T-shirt. That's going to get you maximum exposure. So things mm. like that. And that's how that came to be. Wow. You know something? I was, I, I thought I would have to work a little bit harder for what I was looking for in this common theme. And um, <laughs> it, it, you pretty much said it. The way everything works together is you you listen and answer and develop a way to serve a need. Right. Yeah. 
It's as simple as that. The amazing thing is, I knew I was going to start saying that, is the fact that you're able to step into these different roles and, and be successful. So that's the right. really phenomenal part about it. And um, I want to go back to the fashion truck because who else has a fashion truck? Where did you get that idea? <laughs> well, what happened was with my travels, I found myself kind of like I've always loved this. The fashion thing has been something for me since I was really young. But I started noticing that I was like, you know what? I really like traveling. I really like being gone and experiencing different things and different countries mm. and cultures mm-hmm. and everything else. And the storefront, the brick and mortar started becoming less. Uh, appealing to me you know mm. I was like okay I, every time I'm gone I have to call and see how the stores are doing how are the numbers how much have we sold somebody stole something the computer is not working you know the the pipe bus the lights aren't working you know this this and that and it was like a constant uh, responsibility that I had with the actual storefront so you know I, I kind of was seeing you know just looking at the wave and I, the food trucks just came out you know, food trucks have only been out for so many years. And the food trucks came in, and I was like, wow, food truck? This is really interesting. And as I started seeing the food truck trend, I was like, well, if there's food trucks, why can't there be a fashion truck? So I came up with the idea about, I would say, three and a half years ago. And I was like, okay, you know what? I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So, um, you know, I'm not sure exactly who who started what or whatever, but, you know, I'm probably one of the ones, first ones to do it in the DMV because, you know, my mm-hmm. thing was, goes back three and a half years. So mm-hmm. uh, I think, that, I believe right now there's probably a few, probably about, there's a few. I think there's probably about five in the DMV. Well, if you want to include Baltimore. Um, I'm not too familiar with all the other trucks, but that's how the fashion truck, truck started because, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of tired of the brick and mortar. I love the store thing, but I, I love fashion, but I just I don't want to be – because having a storefront is like having a baby. You know, it's a mm-hmm. lot of responsibility. You have to nurture it and take care of it and make sure everything is good, and it's a constant thing, like having a child. So, um, you know, I just decided to close the stores, and I said I'm going to do the fashion truck. So I started the fashion truck, and then I closed the store down, and I really enjoy it because it allows me to – you know, work the truck when I want to. You know, if I have a, you know, somebody calls me and says, hey, we're having a girls' night out or a birthday party, you know, can you bring the truck by? I want to see what you have, that kind of a thing. It, mm. it, it, it works for me because it's not a everyday constant responsibility or something that I have to attend all the time and be there. It gives me the flexibility and opportunity to kind of travel and handle everything else that I need to do for necessary presence or grace period or whatever the case might be. Wow. And it's a really nice truck, too. I mean, did you design that yourself? Actually, um, I designed it inside. I I came up with the whole concept, how I wanted it. I went in hard with floors in the back. So you have to remember, this this used to be a FedEx truck, you know. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I gutted it out. I took everything out. I put hardwood floors in there. It looks really nice inside. But as far as the outside design, I came up with the concept, what kind of females that I wanted on there, because I, you know, my stuff is more like um, celebrity inspired, you know, more uh, just unique, different 
type of merchandise that I've always been known to sell because I've styled some of the baddest men and women in the DMV. Um, mm. So I came up with the concept, and then one of my friends, Demont Pender, uh, aka Picasso, he um, he's a he's a painter. He he I went to him and I said, um, Picasso, help me come up with this. I want you to paint something for me. So he designed, he painted it, and then I had. Um, uh, Sign Farm in Virginia do the rap for me. Oh, okay. Wow. So it's a rap. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I could tell it was a rap, but it, it was um, really nice because it's very unique. I'm, I'm sure it had to be custom. So now you you do graphics and web design and all of that as well um, with Arzo Enterprises. Tell us how you right. actually put that together. I mean that that's some pretty that's some pretty um, deep water especially in the DMV? Well, for me, I offer it to other people, but I have other people that do it. It's not something that I'm personally sitting there and mm-hmm. making their graphics. Right. But, you know, what I'm saying is that business is very competitive. I, I can see that you're you're really out there. You're, you're um, the websites and everything and the work that you guys have done. I've, I've been doing a lot of research. I'm I'm kind of tired. Got to tell you, <laughs> there's a lot out there. I've been going through so much, and I keep changing up. And, you know, I just got through um, uh, grace period today. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know. it gets a little overwhelming because I'm like everybody, you know, people are always like, oh, my God, you do so much. Like, what do you do? I'm like, what? What do you mean? What, what does that mean? Um, you know, it, it's, everything is very competitive. It's not just the graphics lane that's competitive. Everything is competitive. In today's mm-hmm. market, you know, every everybody's a bartender. Every everybody uh, is does graphics. Everybody's a a rapper. Everybody's a model. Everybody is a promoter. Everybody's a hairstylist. You know, I think that um, with the way the economy is, it, it's kind of forced everybody to, you know, seek outside of just one income. You know, you can't just have one income and say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm okay with this nine to five, because you know the the uh, costs are going up, cost of goods and things are going up, but the pay is not. You know, so we're working hard, but we're not getting the kind of pay that we should be getting. So it kind of forces everybody to seek, you know, whether it's within themselves to seek down some kind of a talent. You know, oh, I, I do, I'm, I'm a great, you know, for example, I, I bring hair great. Okay, I might have a, a day job, but I think part time I can do some hair. You know, I could braid hair. Um, so I think that it's kind of the industry with everything is kind of, I guess, quote unquote, you would say watered down because everybody does it. But you know, mm-hmm. the average millionaire has like ten different sources of income. So I'm trying to try. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to trend to be a billionaire. That's my goal. Awesome. You know, um, you definitely work in a system and. When when you attack something, when you decide that you want to go into a new business, give us um, a peek into this mindset and this thought process. When do you know that you're ready? What, how do you understand the things that need to be in place in order for you to make it happen? Well, you know, I think that um, I can't speak on it as far as like right now because I'm not taking on any more ventures, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I've kind of, I think I've kind of tied myself all the way up <laughs> with everything <laughs> that I have going on. Oh, so yeah, I'm, I can I'm understand that. About, yeah, I'm definitely not thinking about adding anything on. Although I do receive a lot of contact, you know, emails, calls from people that 
I mean, all the time, especially with social media, you can imagine, you know, inboxes, hey, I'm doing this, and I would love for you to be part of that. Can we start our own this? Or, you know, I, I, I you know, there's so many different ways right now, you know, the wraps, the body wraps, and, you know, so many different uh, five links, different companies and brands that are doing different um I hate to use this quote, but a pyramid thing where it's like, okay, I bring you on, you bring five people on, they bring five people on, they bring ten people on, they come. So I receive all kinds of, you know, people, you know, things, business adventures that come to me all the time. So right. as far as that, at, at, when when I started everything that I started, I felt at the time, I was like, you know what, this makes sense, I can do it. But it's not a walk in the park, and it's not a microwave success. It's not going to be a situation where you just, go to the microwave and it pops and you're just like the hottest thing. It's a it's a process. You know, it's like slow pressure cooking. It's like you have to it's a process. You have to boil mm-hmm. the you're you're cooking in a pot, you have to stir the pot and wait for it to cook. So, you know, everything takes a while and I knew when I started each one I was like, Okay, I'm gonna I wanna start this. I know it's gonna be a process. I'm gonna give it some several years to see, you know, how it builds and how it goes because it's all about building and building and building. Right. Like you right. start something and you're like expecting it to just take off right away, it's, it doesn't work like that. You know, it takes yeah. years for, for things to really get the recognition. So for me, you know, I've I've been an entrepreneur for many, many years, but, you know, in the past few years since I've started these different uh, small businesses, it's still an ongoing process. But, you know, like I said, at the time I felt the need for it, like, okay, you know, I'm seeing this with the kids and I've always wanted to do a nonprofit. I, you know, that's a passion of mine. So, I think now is the time that I start my nonprofit. I'm going to do it. And one thing about me, I'm one of those people that when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. You know, I, oh, I, no I, doubt. I say no what doubt. I mean and mean what I say. You know, there, you know, you can, because now, there's a lot of Grace, people. Grace, I do have a know, question for you because I, I want to extract some wisdom from you for our listeners because I don't know how you got it, but you, you got it honestly. You have an ability to know when something, because I had a brief discussion with you before, and this is something I picked up. You know whether something adds to you or takes away from you when you take on these projects. And this is something that most people really can't discern, and this is where they err. So tell us, I mean, how do you really rule out the things that you know should not be a part of your brand and what you're trying to achieve? Um. You know, everything is not for everybody. So what I'll try to do is whatever business that I'm that I'm looking to push, I'll look at, you know, I, I study a lot. You know, so I'm, I'm, I, since I work for myself, I'm always behind a desk, behind a computer. You know, I see what's going on. I see what's trending in the world, you know, technology, things like that. So I kind of look at, I kind of look at things and say, okay, this, I, I see, since I'm a visual person, I see, okay, this works, that doesn't work. And then a lot of stuff is just trial and error. You know, I, I try something, you know, I'll give you an example. I've, I've done several fundraisers where I've tried to do a fundraiser in a certain demographic or, you know, certain uh, uh, certain uh, uh, place or whatever the case might be. It may not have worked. And, and, it, and, it, and it taught me, like, okay, this is not going to work at here or this kind of time or this kind of a theme, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to do it again. So it's all about, you know, learning from your mistakes. And when you go out there and you apply yourself and you do something and it doesn't work for you, you know, you can't keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. It doesn't work like that. So 
most of the time it's just trial and error. Like I just try something, and then if it doesn't work for me and I don't get a good feedback from it, you know, I'm like, okay, that didn't really work. I'm going to not do this again. And, you know, that, that's that's pretty much the, the best way I can sum it up for you. Awesome. Yeah, definitely answered my question. And um, I, I want to find out a little bit, too, about this um, this desire for you to start these nonprofits to actually reach out to the youth. And uh, just tell us a little bit about why you came up with the concept and what you guys are trying to achieve. Well, excuse me. Um, grace period to me is um, the reason why I came up with the, with the word, uh, with the name is, of course, my name is Grace, so it makes sense, right? Um, but I feel like people go through different changes in life. You know, some people go to prison, they come home. Some people are recovering drug addicts, they're trying to, you know, get better. Um, some kids are lost, people are lost, and they need that mm. guidance or direction. So to me, that's like a grace period in their life, you know, mm-hmm. where they're trying to get better. So that's how grace period came to be. But my goal is. You know, it's each one teach one, each one teach one reach one. So when I can, if if I can go somewhere, and I'm just one person, you know, it's, it's it's very hard to say that I can make a huge impact like somebody that might be way bigger than me, way more, you know, uh, known, much more known than than I am. But I feel like if I take the time and go out there, it's just about putting the positive energy out there and mm-hmm. getting it back. You know, paying it forward. You know. I put it out there, put out the good energy, put the good karma coming back to me. And and that's how God blesses us. So for mm-hmm. me, it's, I take my experiences in life, and I see a need for it. So when I go certain places, I want to be able to reach out to the guys and girls that were like myself growing up, you know, whether didn't have guidance and you're just kind of, you know, running around or running the streets or being around people that don't, you know, not, they may not necessarily mean you any good, and you're just kind of, you know, picking and choosing, like, oh, what should I do? What should I do drugs? Should I not do drugs? Should I, you know, everybody's doing it and that kind of a thing. And I thank God that I've always had a good head over my shoulders that, you know, I've made mistakes. I'm definitely not perfect, very far from perfect. But, you know, I think that I've made some of the better choices that I've seen some of my friends and um, people that, you know, I've been around or um, and whatnot have made. So it's it's people like myself that can you know, give them my story. You know, they have to know the story before the glory. So I have to go tell them, you know, hey, this is what happened. This is this is what I experienced. This is what I could have done. This is what I didn't do. So what I try to do is just try to reach out to as many youth as I can and speak to them when it's available, when it's possible to do so. You know, um, it's just one of me. You know, I have it's, the organization is very small. You know, I don't. It's not a big organization. I don't have, you know, ten directors and you know, 20 staff. Um, so it's, it's very rough. And like over 70% of the organization I fund myself. You know, I don't mm. I don't have um, grants and stuff like that that I've applied for, even really tried to. And and, and not saying that I won't do it, but I think that um, for me it's just because it's a passion, it's something that, you know, comes from the inside. I've never really looked at it like, okay, let me go out there and really try for these grants. And, you know, mm. this is no disrespect to anybody, but, there's a lot of people that nowadays take advantage of that. You know, they want to start a yeah. nonprofit because they want to go get, you know, grants and try to get money and make a living off of it. And that's fine, too, if you're really, you know, applying yourself and out there in the communities or doing stuff, um, you know, that's a passion that you really want to give back. 
you know, that's fine because at the end of the day, it's time consuming, it's money, it's, it's costs that are involved with going, you know, to schools and giving school supplies or teaching kids this or driving here or going there. It's a lot of costs cost involved. Even even for myself, when, for example, when I go to Jamaica and I'm, 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 I'm out there, that's cost involved. But what I try to do myself or what I've been doing is, you know, Jamaica is like a third home to me. So when I'm out there, I'm like, okay, I don't want to just go out there and say I want to go out there and just be on the beach and, you know, and, and enjoy the weather. No, I'm going to go out there and I want to be productive. So I try to mm-hmm. plan it in advance and say, okay, I definitely want to go three months from now. So let me start working on something. And then I'll start putting the wheels in motion and start putting things together so that when I go down there, I'll have certain situations already set up for myself so I can go and go to two, three different schools or communities where I can go and they're, they're, they're you know, awaiting me and they know I'm coming and I speak to the kids and, you know, and, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, Grace, you, you just redefined Grace period for me. Because when I looked at the videos, too, I was sort of leaning in this other way. I didn't think of it as a, a time where people would go to get themselves together or a grace period that's given when someone makes a mistake. I just looked at it as grace, period. That's it. Just grace, you know. But th- And that's what you're really talking about. You're talking about whatever it takes if you can help, you want to be able to do that thing. You don't need to know what you want to do ahead of time, but you want to go ahead right. and pursue a need. Whatever is needed out there, you want to be open to it. And I think that's pretty, that's pretty, you know, admirable that you're, you know, really, really thinking about the people out there that you can serve when you're doing your, um, your nonprofits. And it seems like that with everyone, you know, and it's interesting to me because someone who wants to give so much, it, you know, it, it's hard to not have people you know, take that for granted from you. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about these projects that you've got going on. I mean, Tales of a Street Goddess. Uh, man, that that's like <laughs> um, that's like some some mini empire stuff there. But go ahead, just tell us a little bit about. That. <laughs> well, um, the way Tales of a Street Goddess came to be is, um, I've for many, many years, people have always told me, Grace, you need to be on TV. You need to be on TV. You need to be seen. People need to see your story, see see what you do, how you operate, how you handle things, you know, your experiences, like, through, the, through, through your eyes. And through from years, people have told me that. And, you know, I've never, you know, it's funny because even though right now um, I'm, I'm more out there, I'm seen more often, for many years, I was not that person. Like, I, I didn't really like taking pictures and being out there all the time or being a video light or, you know, that kind of a thing. I've kind of always like, oh, that's not me. I don't want to do that. I don't, you know, no, I'm good. But now, you know, it's, times have changed, and you kind of have to do certain things to get the exposure for your brands and business because at the end of the day, you are your brand. So what better person to go out there and let people see the brand but myself because when I when they see me they recognize the brands with me as well. Um so Tales of a Street Goddess it was kind of a okay, let me kind of show a day in the life and you know, how can we do this? Tales of a Street Goddess is really a documentary that we turned into a docu series, which is still a very new thing. A lot of people are not familiar with docu series. They're familiar with web series, which is like, you know, going on YouTube and watching a web uh series or a TV series. Um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to make it a, you know, one-hour documentary because 
my situation is a little different because I'm not just doing one thing. It's not like I'm showing you a documentary of me. Okay, I'm over here doing this on the fashion truck for an hour because people get bored. You know, people's attention span is very short, two, three minutes, four minutes. You know, they're going to look at something else. And if you, if you even get that, if your stuff that you're showing is that catchy or that, that they're that interested in you. So what I did was I created a docuseries. So uh, it's me and uh, my cinematographer, who is uh, J.R. Filmworks, um, Dope Visuals is another name that he goes by, Jerome Reigns. Um, he's, he's, he's in Queens, New York, but he comes, you know, he's been around with me and we'll go to different places and uh, capture footage. So we'll, we've been, you know, parties, events, um, fundraisers, um, fashion truck, whatever the case might be. And he'll just come and capture moments and we'll record it and then he goes back and edits it and then we crop it and we just make it like, two to four minutes long, five minutes at the max of just clips to show you, okay, today she's in a fashion truck. This is what happened. This is what she's doing. Tomorrow she's at Kingston, Jamaica, you know, with the kids. This is what she's doing. You know, uh, this day she's doing that. So that's where Tales of the Street Goddess came from because naturally um, by, by, by nature, by birth, I'm a queen, I'm a goddess. And at the same time, I'm always out in the streets. And people sometimes think that, it's when you say street, it's like such a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. You know, I'm just out there with the people. I'm interacting. I'm networking. I'm doing stuff. So I'm out there more than the average person would be. So that's where tale, the, 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 I came up with the title, Tales of a Street Goddess. So it, it shows you the things that I experience and the stories and, you know, what happens and, and whatnot. So that's what um, that's one of my projects that I'm working on right now. I think we're on episode seven. We should. Uh, we're probably, we're gonna have a, a few more episodes, taking a little bit longer to get it consistently on a weekly basis, like I originally planned on having it. And mm-hmm. of course, it's you know people don't realize it's it's a lot of work editing videos and footage. Right. You know, it takes a lot of time and patience and voiceover and crop this and edit that and fix this lighting. And again, you know. I'm one person by myself. I'm not married. I don't have this big financial back background or backing that's helping me. So I'm doing everything by myself to the best of my ability and with the limited, you know, resources that I have to go out there and apply and put in and say, okay, I'm going to put this much towards this project, this much towards that project. So it's a process and a struggle and a challenge as well. Yeah, yeah. And you know something, I really have to give you kudos for this as well. You seem extremely comfortable with the folks on the street, and you're the same way with celebrities. It's just amazing to me that you, you sort of have that even kill about yourself, that you're pretty much the same person all the time. Yes. It's funny you say that because um, um, a, few, about a few years ago, which well, this has actually happened a few times, I have people that have known me for 10, 15, 20 years, and they tell me, they say, Grace, you are the same person that you were 20 years ago. I swear to God. They mm. have gotten better and more, you know, wiser and mature because with, with, with age comes that. But I'm the same person all the time. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not one of those people that get one way when they're this, around this crowd or that way around that crowd. Um, mm. Of course, I know how to adapt. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely multicultural. I know how to adapt. I know that I can go to, you know, a Thai restaurant and be able to talk to the waitress about, you know, Thai food or Thailand, or I could go to a salsa merengue party and, you know, 
I know how to adapt wherever I go. But as far as changing myself, I'm not going to do that. And it's, it's, at the end of the day, I'm always, I'm constantly around celebrities because that's what one of the things that I do with Necessary Presence, you know, the promo, the the brand, uh, social media marketing, the concerts, the events, um, the uh, press kits, advertising, whatever the case might be, bookings. So I'm constantly around artists and, and celebrities. But at the same time, people fail to realize celebrities are just regular people like we all are. They just have way more money and way more fame or, or fans or whatever that might come with it. So, you know, I'm never like, oh, my God, you know, maybe I, 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 there's certain celebrities that maybe, you know, I feel a certain way. Like if I met an Oprah, I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm with Oprah, you know, or, um, you know, somebody like that. But there's, you still have to know how to, you know, carry yourself and, 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 and interact and, and be around them and not make them feel uncomfortable as well. So, you know, that that, that just kind of comes with it. Um, when you've been exposed to it for a long time, it just, it's, it's just what it is. Yeah, yeah. I saw a picture of you um, just chilling with Gwen Stefani. I was like, wow. <laughs> that was actually uh, World Day at the National Harbor. Yeah, we were, we were backstage doing some stuff, and she was there with um, no doubt. And um, mm. I, I, told, I spoke to her, you know, briefly and, and you know that was really it. So yeah, that's you'll see pictures of me with a lot of celebrities, and it's funny because some people, you know, a lot of people know me and they know what I do, so they know okay, Grace is taking a picture with this one or she's doing that. That's what she's doing. But then there's some people that may not know me, and they might be like, oh my god, why is she always with celebrities? But you know, can't worry about who thinks what or whatnot. At the end of the day, if you come find out and you go to my website or you learn more about me, you will say, you will see what I, exactly I'm doing. You know, a lot of, a lot of that stuff is building, you know, branding, marketing, building, right. you know, mm-hmm. th- that's, that's, that's the Asian time that we're in where everybody goes off of what they see. You know, if they see you doing certain things, they're going to be like, Oh my God, he is doing this or she's doing that. It's just, you know, it's kind of, like I said, marketing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and and one other thing I guess you don't do, but um, I, I see it sort of going hand in hand with the other things that you do. But are, are you a makeup artist as well? You know, <laughs> technically, yes and no, because if if you see my makeup kits, you would be like, oh my god, this girl is like od. I have like three big, huge cases with like full of just Chanel and Mac makeup and. NARS and everything else. Um, I do do makeup if I need to, sure, but I wouldn't say that I'm a makeup artist. I don't promote that I'm a makeup artist, but there's been plenty of times that I've done, you know, makeup for wedding parties or the bride or other events and things like that that might come up where if there's a need for it, I'll do it. I'm one of those people, I'm, I like to be very helpful and useful. Like if, mm-hmm. and, and my motto is, my motto is, you know, if, 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 if if you're if you're not useful, then you're kind of useless in a lot of sense when it comes to certain situations. So for me, if I'm in a situation where I'm with my friends and I can be useful and say, okay, you know, I'm in a position to be useful, I'm going to be useful. I'm not going to just sit there and just be like, oh, I'm just going to sit over here and not do anything. So you know, there's times I might be in an event. They're like, oh my god, we need to make a party, blah, blah, blah. and if I can do it and it makes sense, I'll do it. But again, I don't promote myself as one. So um, do you promote yourself as a stylist, though, for the videos and things like that? Or what is your role um, in that, mostly? I used, to a lot, I used to a lot more before, 
and mm-hmm. I still am a stylist, but it's not something that I promote as much now just because for me, um, when the opportunities come, if I'm available and I can do it, yes. Um, I, I, I wear many different hats. I'm sure you see that. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm just trying to give everybody a sense of why I was so overwhelmed. I didn't want to just leave that out there and not give them the idea of how many things that I've seen and how many talents you have that, that are at your disposal, which is just, you know, it's just amazing. There I go again. Okay. It's okay. Well, yeah, I'm a stylist as well. I've styled several people. Yeah. Um, celebrities and, and people, and it kind of comes naturally with the fashion stuff, you know. I've got clients calling me, oh, my God, I need three, five outfits. I'm going to Miami. Can you please tell me put myself together? So, yes, I would say definitely that's one of the things that I do. But the reason why I said I haven't been promoting it as much is because I've been so tied up with other projects that are, are a little bit more uh, time-consuming and maybe a little bit more important as far as what I'm trying to do with them. So I'm like, okay, let me focus on these and not on that. But we still offer styling, yes. And if I can't do it, I have somebody else within the, the staff that is able to do it. So tell us a little bit about Necessary Presence, because that's a, a little bit more into the music and promotions and, and, you know, social media marketing and the entertainment feel in itself. Tell us about this um, multimedia agency and um, how it works, and are you looking for talent at at this time? Well, we're not a um, – we don't do management. We're more like bookings, um, mm-hmm. social media marketing, um, press kids, graphics, you know, and for artists, these models, we're able to provide them with models. Um, mm-hmm. That's what we offer. So it's more of that sense versus like a PR firm or, um, you know, uh, uh, managing artists. We don't right. do that. Um, at this time, we don't do that. And a lot of it's also because, you know, it's a very small, close-knit group. It's not a you know, 20 staff, and, you know, this person does this. I'm not quite there yet. The goal is to get there, but, you know, it's a, it's a it's a stepping process. So every day everything is growing and building. But that's what we offer. So if there's artists and models or DJs and promoters, you know, they have a party and they need, you know, full exposure for their party. Or, you know, artist needs a press kit. Or there's an artist that, you know, gets is getting uh, different shows. They need somebody to do his bookings. We offer all of that. Wow. Still don't know where you find the time, but um it's You know, just it kinda awesome. works because I I think I think I'm gonna be honest, the reason why I think it really works for me because I'm so focused that mm-hmm. number one number one, I'm single, I'm not married, I don't have a boyfriend or anything like that. I'm single, so that kinda alleviates the whole you know, having to have a companion and spend a lot of time with them. Um, I don't really date, so that kinda keeps me very focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have children, you know, I don't have children. So a lot of my time is just me by myself, just in, in the lab, what I call it, just building, mm-hmm. you know, thinking, um, you know, figuring out stuff and putting one and two together. Yeah. And um, generally when you have an idea and a concept, where do you start? How do, How do you start putting these things together? Um, well, reiterate that for me. What do you mean by that? You know, you you have all of these things that you've started, and they began somewhere. And um, there has to be a process that you use to be able to take an idea and then to bring it to life. 
how do you do that? Where do you start? Because if you know that something's good, that is what you should be doing, how do you sort of fold that into everything else that you're doing? Well, what I like to do is I like to kind of plan and then I like to execute. So mm-hmm. let's say that, you know, I'm like, okay, um, something's coming to, let's just say I'm going to use D.C. this weekend. You know, it's Howard Homecoming weekend. Okay. I know that there's a lot of different events going on, different things going on. So then I might think of, okay, well, what can I do for um, brand-wise, business-wise to be able to capitalize off of, you know, the party or the events or whatever that's going on? Mm-hmm. So then I'll go out there and outsource myself and say, okay, you know, I know this person is doing this or you know, that one might want to do that. And then it's just about networking and connecting with people, you know. So I might mm-hmm. call one of my colleagues and say, hey, what do you think about, you know, this event that we could kind of, we could do um, this weekend for Howard Homecoming Weekend? And, you know, if they say, let's do it, it sounds good. I'm one of those people that I like to plan and I like to put action. So I just go for it, and I just go for it. I, we'll just put it together, sit down, figure it out, and just go for it, start putting everything in place. You know, okay, if we're going to do this event, we're going to need this, we're going to need that. We're going to call this person, that person, this one, this one, that one. This person could do this, that person could do that. You just put it together, you just execute. So I'm definitely (laughs) one of those people, like I said, I just execute. (laughs) Right, right. And you're just a dynamo, and you know how to make it happen because you've done it so many times before. And and you've got a great reputation out there for making it happen. When people know that you're behind it, they know that it's going to work out just the way they thought. So that's just great to know that. Thank you. Yeah, I try. and I work, I work hard. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, and it's 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 a challenge because um, it's been two years since I've closed my store down, and I've just been I've never looked back ever since. You know, just pushing and pushing. It's definitely a challenge when you're an entrepreneur and you're a small business owner because, you know, so many different things that come your way. And, it, it, and you know, let's just be honest, people have bills to pay. You know, it's not like I don't have a mortgage or, or bills to pay or whatnot, you know, that I have to figure out, okay, how how are the bills going to get paid? So with with that, it's not like a, a regular nine-to-five job where I'm able to go clock in somewhere and collect a paycheck every week. It's like I have to really go out there and apply myself in different ways to be able to get income for it. Wow. And so that and, brings us to your – oh, go right ahead. No, it's okay. That's what I'm saying. So, so that's how the business, you know, that's how the brands and stuff come to, to, to be where it's like, okay, let me let me push this or, you know, let me use this one to do that as far as, you know, okay, this 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 – this company can offer this this weekend. This one could do that. So, you know, at the end of the day, you get a little bit from here, you get a little bit from there, you put it all together, and then you get more. So tell us a little bit about, uh, we're almost at the end of the show, believe it or not, just that quick. You do a Business 101 workshop, and tell us a little bit about that, what people can expect um, out of your workshop. And then after that, I want you to just go ahead into some of your um, your social media and um, let people know where they can, you know, see your work. Okay. Um, I started the Business 101 workshop um, a few months ago, and that's another project that for years many people are all, you know, have always came to me and said, you know, can you teach me this? I want to learn that. And 
you know, at the end of the day, like I said, it's always about each one teach one. So for me, sometimes I may not have the time to sit there with each individual, you know, to just do this and do that because, you know, let's just be honest, there's a lot of people that are struggling that don't have the resources to be able to afford some of the things. So what I, what I came up with was the Business 101 workshop because it allows me to speak to a group of people at one time, you know, and, and, and discuss everything from the beginning to the end. So Business 101 is basically for entrepreneurs, small business owners, uh, anybody that wants to start a business or even has a business, they're looking to expand or they're looking to better their business. You know, they take the course. It's a three-hour workshop, and um, they take the course, and I just, you know, start from the beginning. I tell them my story, how I started, what I did, you know, what works, what doesn't work. And, and that's pretty much it, you know. It's, it's a really great course for anybody that's interested in, again, starting their business or taking their business to the next level. I highly recommend the course. It's a really, really good course. And, if and you do want you have one coming that, up soon? Yes. Wednesday, October 21st is one coming up. But you can go to Arzo Enterprises with the S at the end, dot com and find out. Or um, they can go to Grace Amazing, A-M-A-Z-I-N.com. A lot of people think it's Grace Amazing with a G, but it's no G at the end. It's just A-M-A-Z-I-N. And all my names and my brands are trademarked as well. So, you know, that's that's something that I discuss in the workshop. Oh, yeah. Great, great. Wow, Grace, it's been a, it's been a ride. <laughs> we <laughs> and, have gone through so wanna, much. We have, and, we have. If, if and, people want to learn more, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, Tumblr, YouTube, um, there's so many different ways you can connect with me, um, and it's just at Grace Amazing, G-R-A-C-E-A-M-A-Z-I-N. Wow, and, and that's awesome. And, and y- your social media presence out there is just crazy. I, I haven't run into anybody, um, whether they were a, a celebrity, an artist, or whatever, that has the type of presence that you have. Of course, you have a lot of businesses to promote as well, but that, that presence out there is crazy. For, Put in Grace Amazing, first page hit on Google, everything. It's just really tight. So I, I got to commend you for that as well. Thank you. You know, people say hard work doesn't go noticed, so I'm working hard, and, you know, we'll see where it goes. Um, one of the things that I have, you know, people have reached out to me for different shows, like even uh, reality shows, um, TV shows, that kind of a thing. And um, for me, it's you know, sometimes people ask me, "Well, what is this about, or why? What do you, what do you, what do you want to get out of it?" You know, whatever God has for me, that's I'm okay with that. Whether it is having my own show or being put in a position to do something with other ladies on a show, um, I'm okay with that. So for me, I don't have a big. You know, I'm not an artist where I can walk around and everybody has 20 people have on my T-shirt, like Team Grace, or something like that. So. That's why I try to use my knowledge and, and expertise and, and um, experiences and say, okay, let me do it this way. So my my social media presence is definitely, you know, growing uh, rapidly, and I'm very, you know, thankful for that. But it's a lot of work that's involved with it. But I feel like I have to promote and push myself because, again, you know, I can't, I don't have a whole big group of people that are going to be pushing me on a consistent basis like if I was, you know, a celebrity or artist or whatnot. But it's growing, you know, and I just take it a day at a time and just let it let it do what it does. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we 
caught up to you before you blew up because you're doing a lot of big things. And, you know, when you look at the work, it's like a roadmap to success. You can just look at that and see it. And, and it can't be long now before you get to where you want to be and um, beyond. So, you know, you. Um, you know, whenever you need to, you know, check back in or let us know what you're doing or promote one of your events or, you know, whether it's the Business 101 workshop or working with one of your charities or any in any event that you put together, feel free to give us a call, post something on my web page, and, um, you know, we want to be a part of it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, and I, and I really appreciate you having me on your show. Yeah, yeah, and we look, you know, forward to hearing from you again, and we wish you the best, and we know good things are going to happen for you. Thank you. All right, that's Grace Amazing. And um, we, we just got a few more minutes left in the show, and uh, we'll be right back after this. If I may paraphrase Stephen King, the most Important things are the hardest things to say. These are the things you feel ashamed of because mere words only diminish the thought. You see, words shrink things that seem limitless when they were in our hearts and minds to no more than just living size when brought out into the open. Oh, but it's more than that, isn't it? You see, the most important things lie too close to wherever your secret heart is buried. Like landmarks to a treasurer, your enemies would love to steal away and use against you at the worst possible moment. But still, you make revelations that cost you dearly, only to have people look at you like you're crazy, not understanding what you've said at all or why you thought it was so important that you almost cried when you were saying it. Do you know what's even worse than that? is when the secret stays locked within and you can't get it out. Not for want of the courage to talk about it, but for want of someone who will just listen. Listen. As someone who spends a great deal of time searching for the truth, the lesson that I've learned from this quote is, if you want the truth, you have to be prepared to release all judgment and be open enough to hear and accept the truth, in whatever form it might take. Judgment alters the truth by changing how it's told or presented. Not accepting the truth stops the bearer from sharing the truth. Ignoring the truth kills ambition and is a recipe for disaster and makes success impossible. We all over the years have learned to guard ourselves against deception, but I've also come to realize that in most cases, you don't even have to discover or discern the truth. You just have to let it be and see it for what it is. Maybe you have a story too. It doesn't have to be just like the one we've heard. Hey, I just want to let you know I'm here. And I'm willing to listen. All I ask from you is a measure of truth. Well, truth seekers, we've come to the end of another great show. 
Looking forward to talking with you again next week. But until then, special thanks to our producers, Donna Hardiman and Dante Holton. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. Right here.